How should the Baltimore Ravens feel as they enter their bye week after their big week 12 win over the Los Angeles Chargers and a 9-3 and start? We talk about that and so much more coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for being here with me today on Locked On Ravens, making us your first listen each and every single day. We're free and available all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube and in audio form wherever you get those podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens. Is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We are a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast and more than five days a week. We do live streams after every single Ravens game. So if you're here watching this episode right now, you haven't checked out the live stream yet, Go back and watch it. Listen to it. It's available both in video form and audio form. We bring your Ravens news analysis, updates, and so much more every single weekday, plus that bonus content on weekends. So we're the best daily Ravens coverage out there. And you can tell a friend, tell a family member, word of mouth is definitely still a thing. So be sure to tell anybody who's a Ravens fan, or maybe it's a fan of an opposing team and you want that different perspective, be sure to tell anybody you know about this show. So thank you for all the support. Just had a million views on the YouTube channel a couple days ago. It's been awesome here to dive into this journey. And the Ravens journey has been pretty cool this year, huh? They've been a 9-3 and three football team. We're finally to their bye week. It's been a while. The Ravens obviously come out with a 20-10 to 10 win over the Los Angeles Chargers last night. So it's a victory Monday here on the show. We'll be talking about how the Ravens should feel entering this bye week is I think there are definitely some good things to take away from you know it's weird to call it midseason because the mid part of the year has already passed but for the Ravens this is kind of their reset period so we'll talk about some of the good some of the bad how they should be feeling about all of that now we'll get into more of a general Ravens and Chargers recap we definitely talk more about it on the live show so after this again be sure to head over to that live stream and watch the replay of that and then we'll talk about John Harbaugh a little bit. Definitely some controversy coming out of last night's game. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But let's get into the content here. Let's first start off with just how the Ravens should be feeling. Again, they go into Los Angeles prime time. They beat the Chargers, secure that 9-3 and three record. And look, I, I've said this. I, if I would have told you that at the beginning of the year, if I'd said at the beginning of the year that the Ravens would have been a 9-3 and three football team entering their bye week, at the top of the AFC by half of a game. I think a lot of people would have said, you know what? I will take that. That will be good. I, I know I would have said that personally. Now, I know there are the arguments. What should the Ravens record be? They could be 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 or 12 and 0. They're, they're 9 and 3. That, that's what their record is. I know that we can talk about how the Ravens beat themselves, which is definitely true. And you could argue really only Cleveland has beaten them this season. They lost to the Colts on their own accord, really, and they lost to the Steelers on their own accord as well. But every team has those games. The Ravens being 9-3 and three is a good place to be despite some of the offensive inconsistencies, despite some of the little things, little mistakes, and big ones here and there. 
But the fact that they've been over able to overcome for the most part is very encouraging. And I think you got to start with the defense. I mean, the defense has been lights out. I think they, they're in a good spot. And it definitely felt like after the game, John Harbaugh and the team were in good spots too. And Lamar's locked in. He has a mindset. Look, it's Super Bowl or bust for him. He's so competitive. And you, you can tell that wins, losses, whatever he is, he's even keeled, but it's more of the, well, I'm mad I didn't do this right because I know I have to be better for a Super Bowl run. That That's kind of the mindset Lamar is in. But John Harbaugh said it was a statement fourth quarter, a statement win for them. Zay Flowers was bouncing up and down, have, having fun. I feel like there's a good balance right now in Baltimore when it comes to the fun they're having versus the actual serious-minded nature of the team when it comes to what their goal is, which we know is winning a Super Bowl, being competitive, and it's Super Bowl or bust for this team. They think they're capable. They certainly have the defense to do it, and I think they have the offensive personnel too, but it's been a little iffy on the offensive side with Todd Munkin. Now I understand before this game the Ravens scored five straight 30-plus point games. I, I get it. They scored 30-plus in five straight games, and I'm not disputing that fact. I'm not trying to take away from that fact. But I think there has to be more consistency specifically in the play calling. And I get it, this Chargers game, and this is kind of where it's coming from a little bit, but also throughout the course of the year. This Chargers game, though, was the first game without Mark Andrews for an extended period of time. Mark Andrews has not missed a lot of time in his NFL career. Baltimore's had to deal with playing without him, but not to the extent they're going to have to face. But for me, I think that they're still in a good spot. And I understand that the conference record, right, they still have to kind of figure things out and, and go as they may. But to me, you look at the actual standings. I mentioned Baltimore at the top of the AFC by half of the game, but this win against the Chargers was actually bigger than some people might think because it's a conference game. I, again, if you're here with me on Lock and Ravens, you listen to me every day, you know my three tiers of wins and losses. The biggest one is a divisional win. It counts as a divisional win and a conference win. Then that next tier down is a conference win. Still counts as a conference win is big. And then the NFC games, non-conference wins, those are still big wins or wins, but it's not going to impact you when it comes to tiebreakers. The Ravens conference record right now is six and three. Pittsburgh is five and three. Cleveland is five and three. But in the division, it's division record. Baltimore is three and two in the division. Pittsburgh is three and one. And Cleveland is three and two. So Pittsburgh has a tiebreaker over Baltimore right now. If the division comes down to a week 18 game and the Steelers are, if, if, if it's like this still, if the Ravens and Steelers come down, if the Ravens are just a game above the Steelers, if the Steelers win and they end up being tied record wise, the Steelers win the division. So that's going to be a big game week 18 regardless, but conference wise, the reason why when all these teams are tied at eight and three, the Ravens are down. I think they're at fourth is because Miami's conference record late in three is six and two. Jacksonville's conference record is six and two, and the Chiefs' conference record is six and one. So Baltimore is going to have to really take advantage of their conference games here and maybe hope for a blunder or a misstep from one of those other teams. But defensively, when you're talking about how this team should feel, again, they're they're insane. They're the best defense in the league. They're incredible. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Justin Matabike, all these players are just dominating. The Ravens, again, are going to have some tough free agent decisions, but we're not there yet. This is a team that's in the midst of one of their greatest defensive seasons ever. Obviously, I don't think they're quite up to the level of that 2000 Ravens defense. It's going to take <laughs> it's going to take a lot for any defense to get up to that point. But I think this is probably, depending on what your opinion is, and we're, we're not done the full season yet, but 
they have they have a chance at least if they can keep it up to become one of the top five defenses in Ravens history. So I'm excited to see how they perform. But record-wise, being nine and three, good spot. Conference division records, pretty good spot. Defense, great spot. Offense, good spot overall. I mean, Mark Andrews' injury is not fun, but I know that there are some people, the game against the Chargers was not pretty for the offense. It wasn't. It was not a pretty game for the offense. Special teams also was the defense carrying and carrying that unit across the finish. Well, both units, honestly, offense and special teams across the finish line. But what I say to that is, and we'll talk about it in the second segment, football is a team sport. So sometimes your offense isn't on, but your defense is. Sometimes your defense isn't on, but your offense is. Special teams could be on, special teams could be off. It's a group effort coaching too, and they've done enough to have some great wins, some disappointing losses, but I think every team has had that this season. So I'd feel decently good if I were the Ravens. I definitely would be a little wary of the offensive line, some of the offensive play calling inconsistencies, but I would trust my defense and say this is a Super Bowl caliber defense, which it absolutely is, and the offense has that potential too. They have just not lived up to it, but Again, if I told you they were at the top of the AFC at 9-3 and three entering the bye, I think a lot of people would be very happy with that. But then if I told you how they lost those games, I think I think people would get a little more upset about what it actually was. Coming up in the second part of the show, though, we'll talk about a Ravens and Chargers recap, getting into that game a little more. So be sure to stay tuned, plan to talk about here on the show. First, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And I've had a ton of success over on LinkedIn. My friends have, my family has. It's been great. And they have so many different ways for you to find a job or find people to fill your jobs. And it's really important to have quality candidates to interview. And it's really easy to get those over on LinkedIn because LinkedIn makes it really easy to find those quality candidates. LinkedIn jobs isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So push your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to push your job for free terms and conditions apply. And this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And the end of the year season can be a little stressful. It's great to look forward to the holidays, but there are a lot of people that struggle with seasonal blues. And this time of year can definitely be a lot. It's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded and to give you tools to manage everything going on. And therapy has a ton of different benefits from learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries to empowering you to become the best version of yourself. It's amazing, and it isn't just those who ex- who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. We're back. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here on this Victory Monday. And the reason we have that Victory Monday is because the Baltimore Ravens defeat the Los Angeles Chargers 20-10. to 
in week 12 definitely was not your typical incredible primetime game. It was definitely sloppy all the way around, but the Ravens defense stepped up to the plate and actually a surprising stat. I did not realize about the Ravens offense. I got a comment on this on the live show. So I forget who it was, but shout out to you for, for making this stat and making sure that I saw it because I was not going to see, I probably would have seen it at some point, but I got brought to my attention. The Ravens rushed for almost 200 yards in this game. And I just, it didn't feel that way, but at the same time it did. I don't really know how to explain it. I'll try because, you know, I'm speaking here, but the Ravens just didn't run the ball as much as I thought they should have. The Chargers run defense is abysmal They're there. I think they were a bottom three unit entering this game. They're, they're terrible as a run defense, but it seemed like Todd Munkin was getting too cute with some of the screens too cute with some of the trick plays and it just wasn't working, but the Ravens as a whole ran for 197 yards. Keaton Mitchell led the team nine for 64. He averaged 7.1 yards per carry. I don't know if he's reached the minimum amount of, amount of carries yet, but he is a leader for the yards per carry leader once that, that minimum threshold is met. Lamar led the team in carries with 11. He had 39 yards. Zay Flowers contributed a lot to that chunk, one for 37. Justice Hill, five for 31. Gus Edwards, eight for 26. Devin DuVernay, one for zero. It just felt like also Justice Hill was used in situations that I just don't think he should have been used in. I thought Hill was fine in this game. Like he was, he had explosive runs. He averaged 6.2 yards per carry. I'm not saying he played poorly, but there were certain situations I would have liked to instead of Justice Hill, see Keaton Mitchell, instead of Keaton Mitchell, see Gus Edwards, instead of Gus Edwards, see Keaton Mitchell. I mean, it just felt like the right personnel wasn't out there on some of these rushing plays. And again, Justice Hill had some good carries. He had a really long 18-yard run, which was awesome. But then there were other plays where he got stuffed, and you're thinking, man, Keaton Mitchell would have really helped here, or Gus Edwards would have really helped here. And I'm not saying Gus had a great day. Again, 3.3 yards per carry for him. But the Ravens have something in Keaton Mitchell, and it feels like every time every time he touches the ball, literally, every time he touches it, it just feels like it's an explosive play. He's a hard runner, runs between the tackles, is able to avoid first contra- contact and power through it. He's a he's a complete back, and I'm not saying he's 100% a finished product and everything is great about Keaton Mitchell. There's, there's room for improvement, but he's much more complete than I think a lot of people anticipated him being entering the season. So I don't know. It, it just felt weird offensively. It, again, there were screens that shouldn't have been screens. It, all you had to do was really power this ball through, especially because Baltimore did average 5.6 yards per carry on the ground. Again, aided by the Zay Flowers play, which was 37 yards. But – Again, without Mark Andrews in there, it felt like the Ravens weren't finding a ton of room in the passing lanes. Isaiah Likely looked awesome. He had four for 40. I don't think he was involved enough, though. It was weird. He was second on the team in targets with six, but it felt like he kind of disappeared after that little stretch he had, and we never really heard from him again. Odell had a couple of nice plays on slants. Zay Flowers scored two total touchdowns in this game. He had the uh, the one bouquet celebration, which was not not – not to the liking of Lamar Jackson than the other penalty kick one, which he thought was awesome. But he had a he was explosive, even though we only averaged five yards per catch. I think the two big plays kind of wash out all of the weird other plays that happen. Keaton Mitchell, two for 25. Again, just an explosive player, explosive play waiting to happen. Nelson Aguilar, one for 21. Rashad Bateman, two for 21. Rashad Bateman made a heck of a catch on one of these balls, went up for it and got it. So I was really impressed with that. And then you had Gus Edwards, one for 11, and then Justice Hill didn't catch his target. Lamar on the day, 18 of 32, 177, and a touchdown. Wasn't 
horrible. It wasn't great. I thought it was an okay day for Lamar, but that was enough to, that was enough to win. It was fine because the defense was just lights out. Four turnovers for this Ravens defense. It's funny, actually. Well, not so funny because the Ravens defense, I think, in certain spots, it looked like, oh, are they going to get walked down, especially early, right? That first drive, the refs were terrible both ways. They were awful. The, the NFL has a referee problem. They have an official problem with that. And look, they have for a long time. Who am I kidding? But early on, the Chargers, I think, got hosed with that late hit on Geno Stone that should have been called. And the Fair catch interference should have been called as well, right? You know, if we're looking at this from a fair perspective, the Chargers did not get the right end of the stick on those. But then the Ravens got hosed multiple times on spots where the refs should have clearly seen that it was a first down on both of those spots. The second one in Nelson Aguilar was just clear across the line. The Ravens go for it on fourth down on both of those plays. I do not know why John Harbaugh and Challenge will get into that in just a minute here, but the referees missed pretty obvious spots and it just was a bad day all around by the refs. But again, you're not going to blame the refs for a loss. You can't put yourself in that situation. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, eight and seven tackles respectively. Geno Stone also win there, but four turnovers on the day for the Chargers, three fumbles, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, all to that party. Jadavian Clowney was just a beast in this. I mean, a total, total beast in this one. Clowney ended up forcing multiple fumbles. I think he had two forced fumbles, if I'm not mistaken, in this game. He was all over the place sack-wise. Travis Jones and Justin Matabike get half a sack each. And if you've been with me on Locked on Ravens for the past couple of years, you've heard me say this stat over and over. The Ravens have not had a double-digit sack player since 2017. It happened last night. Justin Matabike, that half a sack put him at 10. First Double-digit sack player since Terrell Suggs in 2017. So defense did their job. Just some quick team stats to round things out here. Despite the inconsistency on offense, Baltimore did hold the ball longer. They had more total yards, more yards per play. But Justin Herbert didn't necessarily do anything. He had 217 total. If you want to take sacks on that equation, it was 193. Lamar had 177. You want to take sacks on that equation, it's 164. But the Chargers went 7 of 15 on third down compared to Baltimore's 4 of 13. I think that's where it kind of didn't feel like the Ravens were super efficient. Both teams one for three on fourth down. The Ravens 69 plays, the Chargers 66. So, and actually, penalties were pretty much identical 5 for 42 for the Ravens, 5 for 41 for the Chargers. But they get the win. A win is a win, even though it wasn't a great one. There are certainly questions coming out of it, especially with the offensive line. John Harbaugh and more. We'll talk about those, though, coming up. In the final part of the show, so don't go anywhere. So let's talk about on Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is awesome. It's the most fun so many have had, winning up to 25 times their money this football season. All you have to do is like throw more players, pick more or less in the projected stats, and place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, if you're a big LeBron James fan, you can bear LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made in receptions and if you want to play alongside some of prize picks favorite players like Raph Meek, Bill and Comedian, Andrew Schultz, you can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from the biggest names in the prize picks community 
each week. And PrizePix even offers an awesome reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepix.com slash LockdownNFL and use code LockdownNFL for a first boss match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash LockdownNFL. Use code LockdownNFL for a first boss match up to $100. PrizePix daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back rounding out Locked On Ravens here on Victory Monday. Kevin Ostreicher still talking with you here. Again, thank you so much for being here with me. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate all the support. Be sure to subscribe, follow along, audio form, video form. You can hit the like button on YouTube. That helps out the algorithm. Listening in audio form helps it out too on the audio podcasting platform. So I appreciate everybody doing that, whether you're in every day or you listen every single day. Thank you for being loyal for your support. If this is the first time in the show, welcome in. I appreciate you being here. And if you're somewhere in the middle, of course, thank you for being here. I really appreciate that as well. But let's talk about John Harbaugh a little bit. Everybody's favorite topic of conversation. Something we've talked about for so long here on Lockdown Ravens. If you are in every day, you, you know my stance. You know my opinion. But I have to say it again for the people who are new. And, you know, just to reiterate it for the people who've heard it before. John Harbaugh does have flaws, and those flaws definitely have the ability to cost the Ravens a season in terms of playoff success and some decisions that he makes and some of the game awareness that he has, it feels like. He's one heck of a coach. I think he's one of the top coaches in this league, but I do think that those flaws make him, I don't know the word I want to use. I guess the results can be volatile when it comes to the Ravens playing up to competition, playing down to competition. He's someone who's well-liked in the organization, most definitely. And the players definitely respect him and want to play for him. But the thing with John Harbaugh is this team has not made it back to the AFC championship game since they won the Super Bowl back in 2012, 2013. They've had multiple disappointing years and Lamar Jackson era people think it should maybe have been more successful, whether it be the scheme, the coaching decisions that Harbaugh had in this game against the Chargers. There are multiple decisions that John Harbaugh just did not make. He just didn't make them. Those two plays I mentioned earlier on the show, the spots were bad by the referees. John Harbaugh was able to challenge them. Now he explained it in his post-game press conference. He said the first one, they had an angle and they didn't feel like it was the spot. The second one, they just, I think he said they didn't have enough time to look at it or no, no. The second one, excuse me. The second one, he said that he thought that the refs had given them the first down and then he, they, he realized like the next play they didn't. So they had to go for it. And it was just, again, it's the situational awareness. It was, we saw with the Zay Flowers play in week three against the Colts where you just call a timeout there. Just tell him, Hey Zay, they, they added time back to the clock. This is what we want you to do. It's as simple as that. You, it's not wasting a timeout because you're telling your player and the Ravens win the game if Dave Flowers makes the right decision there. He's coached up correctly. Obviously, he you know awareness should be on him as well, but John Harbaugh has to make sure his players know that. Other situations throughout the season, not having his guys ready to play, there's all of that, but I don't want to just sit here and say all this negative stuff about him because, again, I do think he is a good coach and a top coach, but we will see. I don't want to make any judgments yet, and he – absolutely fact in judgments that, oh, he should be let go after the season. Because look, the season's not over yet. The Ravens are the top seed in the AFC right now. The Ravens are not going to fire John Harbaugh in season. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just, it's not going to happen. But if they lose in the wildcard round, if they lose in the divisional round, then I think it's time for that conversation. And a change probably has to be made, in my opinion, at that point. 
but he's a guy that again has been at this for a long time. He has the respect of the players, the respect of the organization. I mean, one, there's not any any reason for them to if if they moved on from him now, which again, not gonna happen, it'd be crazy and unprecedented. We've seen the Ravens move on from coaches in the middle of the season before. We saw it with Cam Cameron in that Super Bowl year. But I think that the frustration from people comes with some of these decisions that he makes, whether it's not the challenge of play, too challenge of play. I mean, Harbaugh explained why he challenged the backward pass from Keenan Allen to Austin Eckler. He said, well, we didn't really see it, but we thought that the probability of a backward pass is pretty unlikely, so we're going to challenge it. That's paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said which is just not how you should be going about things. That is not the way you should be going about things if you're an NFL head coach. And whether it's on him, whether it's on the people in the booth, I mean, who was in the booth kind of telling John Harbaugh what to do here, you can't have that happen. You, you just can't. So Ravens got out of this one with a win. John Harbaugh, again, seems very ec- ecstatic about it. Honestly, he thought the fourth quarter was awesome. And I know the offense up until late in that fourth quarter didn't do a lot, but they end up when they need a long drive to ice the game away, they end up doing it. Now I know that the defense helped him out after Justin Tucker missed that kick, but it's a team effort. Again, Baltimore's a nine and three football team. You got to feel pretty good about where they are right now. I mean, it could be a team like the bills or the chargers who essentially are out of the playoff picture. You could not have your quarterback like the Bengals or the Browns at this point. So they have a couple weeks now with their bye week to rest up, get right figure out some of the things that they need to figure out and get back to it with a gauntlet of a schedule coming up for them. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Coming up tomorrow, more Ravens talk as we mosey on in to this bye week. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.